The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the State of the Xbox Empire for December 2019, the last month of 2019, the last month of the decade. Uh, we are here to discuss, you know what, the series, this this particular series episode, we'll be discussing Xbox, <laughs> and to join me, obviously, is one Mr. Donnie Reese. Donnie, welcome back. Greetings, Kooplings. What's going on, Nathan? Oh, you know, new new consoles to talk about, new controllers to talk about, all kinds of fun Isn't stuff. Isn't it exciting? Happening. It is exciting. This is a great time of year. And, you know what, I personally was not expecting this to be already revealed. I was thinking we would not see anything about the, the next console until E3, um, mm-hmm. but how wrong was I, you know? Um, so we're just going to hop right into it. We're going to talk about the Xbox Series X announcement that was at the Game Awards this past Thursday. And uh, just off the bat, this was a surprise announcement. We weren't expecting it. Um, Jeff Keighley was kind of cagey as he went into this announcement. And they you know, had this really cool CG trailer where you don't know exactly what they're talking about. It's looking at all this like environmental stuff. And then all of a sudden a car comes in. And then a FIFA player comes in. Then you see the Chief. So like, there's no questioning what this is at that point and then you see the form factor of the console uh the, the new controller on there as well and then phil spencer takes the stage and starts talking about it but f- before we go on uh, with what phil says about the console uh the initial reaction donnie what what was your take oh man i was uh, quite surprised it threw me it threw me off just the the, the sheer look of it i think most people probably have that that impression it's it's tall it's not long. It's not a con- traditional console. It's a tall cube. Now, I will say we've learned a lot about it since the the initial unveiling. Like my initial reaction, five seconds of seeing that picture pop up on Twitter, is I don't think the 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 giant Titantron of the tower behind them like gave any sort of scale. Mm-hmm. Because when I first saw it, I literally thought that's a PC tower, mm-hmm. as in. I literally thought you were going to, like, sit it on the ground and plug it into your TV like a PC tower. I was thinking Dell PC tower, you know, box. That's mm-hmm. what I had in mind. It's much smaller than that. Um, we've got pretty good specs that have come out so far. Most people are saying 12 by 6 by 6. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a cube, about a foot tall. Um, makes it just maybe slightly bigger than, like, some of the... Amazon and and home you know speakers and things like that that you can put out there so it's it's pretty really cool we've also learned that you can set it sideways mm-hmm. so if you just want to put it sideways you can it does have that vent though you know it's like if you're gonna set it sideways and stick it in a cubby you know you got to be somewhat concerned with airflow but uh, it's quite quite impressive um, I like it I think it's bold mm-hmm. uh, 
the more and more I, I, I read about it and the more and more I heard people tell me about it and the, the more things I saw on Twitter, like, I really like it. I think it's a bold strategy. And for for all the things that people are saying about the name, I think one of the many benefits of them taking this bold strategy in the look is I don't think this console will ever be confused with another console. <laughs> it looks like no other console ever looked. Like, uh-huh. I mean, a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, that's really all that needs to happen is I want the one that looks like this. Mm-hmm. Like you just do that and like, Give there me the is rectangle. no other thing. <laughs> yeah, like there's no other thing. Like that's it. Uh, it's very bold and it's very different and uh, it's somewhat striking. I really like the industrial type design. I mean, I think most people, I, I, all of my electronics, I like to be that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, I have um, down here in my, my basement, here in my, my little cave, I have an old dresser that my TV sits on. And, you know, it's just a, a standard length dresser and my TV sits on it. And I have one console on one side of the dresser and the other console on the other side of the dresser. And my Xbox One X currently sits standing up because there's not enough room to lay it down. Mm-hmm. So this is a very easy swap out and like plug and play for me. Um, I'm just going to unhook one and uh, hook the other one in and sit it down. It's going to look better than ever now because of this uh, this new design. Plus that, that LED light mm-hmm. at the top, that's amazing. Um, two things about that. One, I hope you can turn it off. Because if you don't want an LED light, it's going to bother you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it on, but I, I understand where other people come from. They, they may not want it on. I hope you can change the color. That or like cool. somehow the color like, you know, syncs to the to the picture on the TV. Or if you can just manually change the color, if they give you a few options, anything like that, the, like all of that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. When I first saw it, I kind of thought it looked like a two GameCube stacked on top of each other. Yeah, kind of like that that kind of a form factor, because um, they they had the disc drive there, so you could kind of tell how big it was going to be because of the disc drive being there still, uh, and then the controller sitting in front of it. But um, you know, I think they kind of wanted to the way that they showed it, they wanted you to to picture it as this big box in your mind, because bigger is better, right? You know, so that's kind of a marketing strategy. So they can start to kind of associate them with, oh, I want that bigger, more powerful box that's towering over these other boxes, right? Um, gotcha. And I, I, you know, the internet has been uh, uh, no slouch with the memes that have come Oh, uh, it's from a meme this. machine. <laughs> it there's, is so good. There's one that I saw today that the Series X is a refrigerator, the Switch dock yep. is a toaster, and the, the PlayStation was... Uh, a frying pan or something like that i can't remember but it was you know there's all kinds of memes about this what's going on and people are putting it in place of buildings and stuff like that have you seen the one where the um it's a, the xbox i think it was in the, the initial trailer where it's like floating over water mm-hmm. i've seen people take that and like turn it into like the death stranding shot that we saw with like the people in the air and it's just a bunch of series x's like standing over like norman reedus that was really really good or also he's um, been carrying the xbox as one of his delivery packages across the, his wasteland <laughs> i mean there's there's no limit of, of possibilities here and it's it's been pretty pretty fun to watch it um but when i first saw it i mean i i like the way it looks the one thing you don't see on the front of it that concerns me a little bit and who knows if, if it'll be a big issue is there's no usb ports on the front Right. So I don't know if they're all going to be on the back, if they might be yep. on one of the sides. Like, they wouldn't be on the, the foot side and they wouldn't be on the top side, so they have to be all on the back, right? right? they um, got to be in the back. So curious about that, how that'll work, and if they give us more USB ports this time, because let's be honest, I need like four USB ports minimum on my console because external hard drive, mm-hmm. the dongle for my wireless uh, headset, 
plain charge cable for my, my controller, and then a, a fourth one just in case I need to plug something else into it, some other peripheral that pops up. So I need four. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I need, well, it, all right, so the external thing is interesting because it's been plug and play this generation, but next generation, we're moving to a new format. And like how games will play or can play from a different type of storage device, I, I'm not so I'm not sold on the idea that we're just going to be able to plug in external hard drives, mm-hmm. or at least the ones we have now. We have to buy might have to buy matching ones, and then that requires you know uh, maybe a USB C connection. You may not be able to use standard USB. So right. I don't really know how to think about that right now. Like uh, there's a lot of questions there because one terabyte is not going to get you much. Yeah, especially for that next generation of, of files. I mean, you yeah. want you want 4K, you want all that fantastic visuals that we saw that displayed. That takes size. Uh, as we've learned mm-hmm. from from this generation, you know, uh, Gears of War 4, I think, is the biggest game on my console because of all the, the textures they added for the Xbox One X uh, version of that. And just like, you know, Red Dead and things like that, how big those games are. Um, but, so we talked a little bit about the form factor of the Xbox console itself, which to me looks fine. It'll fit in my, my console or my, my home entertainment center if I lay it down. I'm not sure about the standing up piece because if I stood it up, where it would go is behind my speaker bar and in front of my TV, which is mentioned on the wall. Um, I'm not oh, sure yeah. exactly how tall it's going to be. And, and all of the heat is going to be going directly. Right. So yeah, the yeah. heat's a question too. And then also the LED. So if I can't turn that off, I definitely oh, yeah. don't want that on there. So for me, it's most likely going to go inside my console because I believe there's a six inch uh, opening there. But... And I say console, I mean home entertainment center. You can call yeah. it different things. So I just wanted to, you know, point that out as far as that goes. But we also saw the new controller that's going to be shipping mm-hmm. with the Series X, which is an enhancement of the current controller that we see as a standard. It has some of the effects of the Series 2 Elite controller. So we see an enhanced D-pad, which is fantastic. So the Series 1 Elite controller and this new one have both had fantastic d-pads i've you know championed the the d-pad usage for a while now uh if you're if you're a d-pad user like i am you know different games use it now for like uh apex uses it for uh different things like thanking people and emotes and things but it's it's been enhanced to kind of have the omnidirectional or the eight directional digital d-pad like it rolls it's not Mm -hmm. even i was just about to say you i'm not sure what what it's is it technically called a D-pad because it's not a D-pad at all. Mm-hmm. Like saying D-pad is giving people that don't know maybe the wrong impression. Yeah, it's like a it's like it's a bowl. It's a circular bowl that just sits there and, it, and it's patterned. Like you've got edges that you can feel, so it feels great to the to the thumb. Um, the thing that I like about it most is uh, it's got edges, basically, and you know, omnidirectional edges, so you can feel when you're pointing up or to the left or to the right. But if you're, if you're, if you've used a D-pad for a long time, anytime you've got to hold down two or more directions at a time, anytime you got to kind of get quasi thumbstick with a D-pad, mm-hmm. um, this is a huge improvement. The moment that I had my Elite, like I put that one on there, and it's all I play with. And the new one looks even better. Like on the, the one on this, this one for the Series X, it looks like a little more pronounced, a little I more deep. Think that in that there? you can take that. So my thought is on this new one, you probably can't remove it like you can with a series. Uh, two oh elite. yeah, because with the series two elite, you can remove it and put like different other D pads on there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to just use the term D pad until I tell us differently. <laughs> sure. So sure. Uh, I I think that this one's probably just going to be stationary on the the controller itself. But we also saw Donnie um, a new button that you might like called the share button. A share button. I'm real upset that this wasn't like if if they known that they were going to do this, 
I'm real upset that this isn't on the current the Elite Two controller. But let's because they marketed the Elite control the Elite Two controller around, you know, future proofing. They were like, it's gonna be next gen. Like they said that before the controller, six months before the controller came out, they were like, you're gonna be able to use this controller forever. The Elite Two, it's the best controller ever. And then a month after it launches, they're like, here's a new controller with a brand new button. <laughs> A very useful button, a button that should have been there to begin with. And it's it's like in the exact same place that the profile button is on, on the Elite 2. And I'm a little upset that I can't map that profile button. It's like, let me give up the the need for, you know, for multiple selector. profiles and let me just do my screenshots and stuff with the button. Um, just slightly little little sting there. I'm a little upset because um, I, I really, as I've been saying this for a long time, the sharing screenshots and stuff on Xbox has been like a huge pain. And anybody that plays any other console knows what that's like. And it's, I'm not exactly sure why they held out for so long. I'm not sure if it was just to, to try and differentiate. Um, but the whole hitting the Xbox home to pull up the menu and wait for the, the overlay to load to then pick an option and press another button. It's just bad. It's just bad way of doing it. So I don't know about your play style so, but when i do a screenshot or when i share i press the xbox jewel and then i either press y for screenshot or x for right. recording that's it yeah but you have to you have to wait for the the command to prompt and it's not even it's normally not even that that fast like i i've hit the xbox jewel and there's like a good second maybe or two delay before it pops up and it's like hey pick one and then you pick one and then it goes back down it's just too slow Whereas the other ones are literally instant because mm-hmm. it's a button. It's the share button on the PlayStation and the Switch. You just click it and that's it. It's been shared. Or you click and hold and it's now, you know, it's now video. Um, I don't know. I I wish they would have put it on there. I'm, I'm happy that they are finally moving in this direction. Like this has probably been the biggest controller change. Um, this generation is just the inclusion of share button. Mm-hmm. And obviously this generation has been huge in terms of social connectivity and how people are streaming and the rise of Twitch and Mixer and YouTube and all of the things they're doing. And you've got to lean into that. You can't, you can't be that far behind the game. So I'm happy to see them catch up. Now, my thoughts on the share button. I, we both have the elite series too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've I've got the, the the pro controller for the Nintendo, and I've got the PS4 controller, and they both have a share button on them. On the pro controller, especially when I was playing Zelda, and I was trying to find the map button just to open up the map really quickly. I don't know how many yeah. times I've taken just a Screenshots. random screenshot. Uh, I've done it, that too. It, it was annoying. I got in the way because yeah. I I didn't want to take a screenshot. I've always um, said that too because on the Joy Cons the button is at the bottom, so mm-hmm. it's very easy to not press it. But you're right on on the and the Stadia controller is actually the same way. Like the amount of screenshots I've taken with the Stadia <laughs> controller is the same um, because they put it right next to your start and select buttons, and you're using those buttons all the time in game. Like that's bad. Like I'd rather I love the placement of the, of this new Series X controller because it's right in the middle of the controller, like at the bottom. So it's like right off the right thumbstick. I can't imagine hitting that one by mistake. Yeah. And so my point being is like, for me, having a dedicated share button is annoying because A, I never really use it on the other consoles anyway. Uh, I've only ever taken screenshots on on Apex Legends for stuff here, and I don't do that much. Um, So for me, having a dedicated button is a waste of space. And I would wonder... For people who use the Elite Series 2 controllers, uh, it's marketed to those professional-type wannabe gamers. Um, would they care about the share button, you know? are Because you're coming at it from a, uh, this is my controller for everyday use. I'm an everyday player. I'm not necessarily focusing on pro play. Um, I wish I would have had it. But 
if you market it directly for those people who are doing the pro play, are they taking screenshots and are they sharing as much? But sure. caveat to that, obviously, you can map a paddle button or any of the buttons. You could even map one Except of the D-pad for the buttons. Profile option. Yeah, you could even map one of the D-pad buttons to a um, to take a, a, a share to 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 use that sharing setting. And I didn't know that you could do that until you said that when I brought it up during the unveiling. I have the Elite 2. I've messed with the button mapping just barely, but I didn't know you could map commands. I never really dove into it that much because, uh, to be quite honest, I didn't plan on using the paddles a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So you've given me a whole new use for my paddles. A whole the first thing new I did after world. You, Right. The first <laughs> thing you, I did after you told me that, I literally came downstairs and plugged it up and mapped my video and screen share. And I still got to tell you, I still press those paddles momentarily at times where I don't want to mm-hmm. like in an intense moment or I'm like, like say um, I'm holding my controller and I reach for something. So obviously the other hand picks up the weight of the controller. Sometimes I'll tap that pedal or that, that paddle. And I wish, I, I really do wish I could have just mapped it to the profile button or they would have, I wish they would have shipped the elite two with this button on it. Like they knew they were doing it. Like it, this is, this is by design mm-hmm. so they can launch an elite three. Like the, I know exactly why this is happening. They were working on it. And they were like, nah, we'll just, we'll do it after we launch the new console. And it's just, right. we'll put just put the extra button years. on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or let us map the profile button. I'd be very, I don't know. I'd be very hesitant to map, um, a, like an actual button for that type of command because I, the game might use that button, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm weird that way. I don't want to actually use a button that somebody might, you know, require in game. And I don't map my controls every game. Like that's way too much for me. I don't care about any of that. I just want to play the game. So, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to use the pot. You've given me a reason to use the paddles. I've put the paddles back on. I got the short, the shortest ones mm-hmm. and I put them in like, I think the bottom spot, the bottom slot. So I, I'm, that's where I, I don't press as much. So it's just, it's probably, Probably just a matter of me getting used to it. Yeah. So we've talked about the controller. We talked about the console itself, and I think it looks just fine. I've seen a lot of the uh, the, the mock-up for custom skins that people have made for it, like SpongeBob mm-hmm. and Minecraft and stuff. And that Minecraft one is hot. <laughs> I love that thing. That thing is great. Because uh, it's waiting. a cube. It makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for one to be, you know, like a Metal Gear Solid box that he snake hides in or something like that. You know. Ooh, that's good too. Um, I like that. But let's talk about what Phil Spencer says when he comes on the stage. Now, he's he said one thing, and since I've seen some articles that say something a little bit different. So he said it was two times the power of the Xbox One X, but some of the articles I've read have said it's four times the power. Four. Yeah. And I'm thinking that the articles that were posted are probably more accurate because maybe he just misspoke on the stage, and those articles have been, you know, more meticulously pruned. Um, as far as what we saw... So the CG trailer, I'm not going to put any credence into because it's a CG trailer. You know, they can make it look really fancy. But what we did see with the in-game engine trailer, not in-game footage, but the in-game engine trailer for Setsuna's Sacrifice 2 or Setsuna Saga, um, that looked fantastic. And when you see the the side-by-side shots from the Xbox One X, like look of her face to the what we see from the in-engine shot, it is I mean, even though the Xbox One X is and still looks great, it is a night and day difference. She looks almost lifelike in in the mm-hmm. uh, the Series X. Um, so, what we saw after, you know, with what Phil said, what stood out to you with between the Sasuna's Saga trailer and what Phil was talking about there? <laughs> I mean, Hellblade Hellblade Two looks incredible. I mean, you already said it yourself. It just looks. 
It looks amazing. It looks really, really amazing. And I, uh, I think it's... <sighs> you need to finish a lot of games. You need to quit. I want to put you in front of an Apex intervention for you. Well, I am I am um, now Apex series or legend, whatever. I'm... Then my season level is 110, so it's maxed out. So I might be able to take some time to play other you games. Might as well now. play something. <laughs> Hellblade was such a great game. I'm really, and you know, I was going to say, I'm really glad that they kind of, that this was the one that they used to show off. You know, it, it, it's new, it's brand new, it's new to the scene. Um, you know, a newly acquired exclusive. Nothing, I understand the, the place that Halo and Forts and stuff have, but like this is, it's new, right? It's like a new IP. It's got a little new sizzle on it. It's not something you've seen before. So I think it, or at least for me, it, it felt a little more impressive. And to be quite honest, this is one of my favorite games in Xbox's entire catalog. You know, this is, I was so excited for, for them picking up this developer. So I was really, really happy to, to see that this game lead in the trailer was just epic and like they got music and you see your face and i was like oh my man like this is gonna be great i can't wait i have no idea when we're gonna get it <laughs> um I, I, that's the only thing i was thinking about i was like man they're gonna show off a game that's probably not a launch title Early and i imagine it's yeah it's probably not a first year title it's probably year two or three title for the, for the uh, series x so that's a little interesting but i'm still happy that they showed it off in terms of his uh, spiel, one I didn't I didn't watch the the game awards. I, I don't watch them. I didn't watch them live. I have seen the highlights um, because I wanted after they announced the console, I wanted to see what that was. So I checked that on YouTube. Didn't he say? Um, I remember he talked about like say 8K. Uh, well, they'll be able to do up to 8K. You know, at some point in the generation. Right. So with with all of this stuff, basically, I am in in digital foundry. I trust. So yeah. I don't really care about any of these specs until Digital Foundry has their hands on it and can tell me what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that I have talked about, if we talked about next-gen talks on the PSVG podcast over the last year, is teraflops aren't the only measurement for power anymore. Right. We have the new GPUs that are going to be able to do things more efficiently, so the raw teraflop power might be not the jump that you want to be. It may not be two or four times or six or 18 teraflops or whatever the teraflop number is. doesn't necessarily tell the story, especially when you add in the faster writing time with these new SSDs. Mm-hmm. And like all of that combined, you're going to see an experience that you can't measure simply with a teraflop number. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to see it. It's going to have to have some, some sort of gameplay. So until folks go hands-on with it, to be quite honest with you, when I hear it, when I read it, it's like in one ear and like right out the other. I'm like, uh-huh, okay, great. You know, it's like we saw that with the last Xbox, right? And it right. wasn't until people got it and we started, well, it's it's 900p and it's upscales, and, right? Until people go hands-on with it, um, I won't believe it. I will believe this, and we've said this on our podcast basically since the, since the induction. I do believe it's the most powerful console that's coming. Um, I believe they have probably multiple... SKUs and setups at priced ranges, and I believe they will select one to make sure that they have some marketing leg up. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be the fastest or whatever. However, they want to do it, they're going to. They have something that they think um, Sony and nobody else can can either meet them at, at a higher price range. Maybe I don't know, but uh, I believe I believe they believe in that mantra. That's ultimately what I'm trying to say. I believe they believe that it's important for them to say it's the most powerful, and I'll continue to believe them in that un- until proven wrong. So talking about pricing, as you mentioned there, I've, I've kind of perused Reddit and some of those other spots where they're talking about what we know about what the console is going to have to do and versus the, the current pricing of like GPUs and CPUs and SSDs. Basically, they're saying from what they know now, 
about all the components that are going to be in this thing to kind of get what Phil was des describing, uh, it's going to be close to about eight to nine hundred bucks from <laughs> from just those component pieces uh, because like the GPU I think was around four hundred, the CPU was around two fifty to three hundred. Uh, then you had the optical drive. Oh, and I don't think that include the SSD that they have there, which those are pricey. So, so the SSD is going to be like three or four hundred dollars. Yeah, because so, even non NVMe. SSDs. If you get a one terabyte, you know, just straight SSD, they're still two, three hundred dollars at this point. Like that's where they are. Now we're talking about a whole step up, like a whole different generation of SSDs. Those are more expensive than that. Uh, the numbers that I've been seeing floated around. I, I, I was actually reading an article right before we hit start, um, talking about how they thought they could get it to three ninety nine. Um, obviously, selling at a loss. They were mm -hmm. taking the the normal console approach to market, where you launch at a loss and you make up for it um, because you commit to selling that piece of hardware for five or six years. So you lose in years one and two, you break even in year three, you start gaining in years four and five, and you make your money back. Um, that's typically the way that these these hardware manufacturers do it. So. It was interesting that they saw they could get three ninety nine. What they were saying was, they expect the 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 build of the of the console, con, including the parts and everything, because you have to factor in that they're going to buy these parts en masse. Oh yeah, they're going to commit to selling them or buying them for years. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of negotiating. You can't just like go to you know iBuyPower.com and start picking out parts. Like it's different. All of that's factoring in you know transportation and labor and all that. Like all that stuff goes out the window when you buy on that scale. So they were saying they think they could build the box for around 600, and they were saying that. That means that they'll probably get to the 499 part, and if they want to get real competitive, that's possible they could eat a loss and 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 maybe cut some corners that we don't know about right now, and even get it down to the 399 route, which I think that's the that's the number that most people are expecting, hoping, willing to pay for. Like people are willing to go in, going 400 is an acceptable price for a console upgrade. It's when you go over 400 that people get angry and they get upset. And then, you know, so it's interesting. Um, I, we were talking about that last week in the discord. I think it's very, very interesting because there's all these rumors that there's a cheaper box, mm -hmm. right? And there's this Lockhart thing that's going around has reconfirmed in the past couple of weeks that there's a cheaper box. And my, my initial reaction to that, because one, I think it makes sense with the rise of X cloud and everything. It makes sense. You don't need to buy the bigger box to play the bigger game. You just need to adopt streaming. So sell a cheaper box that comes with that trade-off caveat and get more people signed up to Game Pass and Xbox Live. Like, that makes the world of sense to me. So I believe them when they when these reports come out to say that there's a cheaper box. I, I believe them. I think there is. Mm -hmm. My question, though, is that if there's a cheaper next-gen box, does that mean that that – does that give Microsoft the leeway to go over the 400 mark for the expensive box? Because – and it was funny because I think it does. But when I when I broached that idea, nobody agreed with me. Everybody hated that idea. And I get it. Nobody wants – like, I don't want to pay more than, you know, like, than I have to to get it. I understand nobody wants to pay a lot of money for it. But I am taking the approach that if they tell me that it's worth it, if they prove to me that the more expensive price gets me something I can't get from anybody else, I'm willing to pay more. I'm happy to pay them more. If it's future-proofed, if I don't have to buy another one in two years, if it's the best that I can possibly get, then I'm happy to pay a premium price for a premium piece of hardware. But you don't have to. You'd have this other, this other box, which would be very much 
kind of like the Xbox One X, but it would still have new GPU, new SSD, right? So like this cheaper box isn't going to be super cheap. It has to be three, four hundred dollars. It's a new console, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to get a lot of benefits just from having, a, you know, the new GPU and the SSD. It's going to be faster. So you're going to get all of those benefits, but you're not going to be the raw hardware power that they're talking about with the Series X. Yeah, and I'm I'm here for that. Like when I play Xbox, that's what I play Xbox for. I want to be blown away by the visuals on my screen. I don't want it to run as best as it possibly can. So if Digital Foundry is like. We have no idea how they cram this much technology in this box for $600. Like, I'm there. I'm sold. Um, but I don't know how other people are going to feel about that. Because, like I said, when I broached it to the Discord, everybody hated that idea. Nobody wanted to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I think for the more powerful unit, 500 has to be that point. Because that's what the X launched at. And I think when you look at launching the X and launching this, the... It's been, what, two years now since the X came out, I think, about there? Mm-hmm. The market has probably changed enough so that way technology has that, that cost. Because it's, it's 350 now you can get an X for. Yeah. It, it, would be, it wouldn't be surprising to me if they could launch it at 500 for that more expensive, that, you know, the, the upper tier Series X. Um, but I also don't like that they're doing or the rumors of them doing the two different units. Uh, we we saw the issue with that. Like if you if you look now between the original Xbox uh, One, the S, and the X, and you put like I don't know uh, Halo Five in all of, all those scenarios, and it plays it plays differently in all those, and it's hampered by being the lowest common denominator capable. So those developers have to develop it for it to run on Xbox One hardware, right? So using that as but an do analog. They? Like with the power of xCloud, but do they? I know a lot of people are taking that approach. Like it has to run on Lockhart, but running on Lockhart could mean it can be streamed on Lockhart. Like it's possible. It's possible. I mean, if if xCloud gets to that point where it works like that, then okay. I see how uh, you could do that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but also with a new GPU that's more efficient and an SSD, running on Lockhart might mean 1080p 30. And I know that these new games are going to be big and stuff, but... That seems very plausible and like in the wheelhouse for what, like a, a like the Xbox One X should be able to do that for most games. If you gave it a better GPU that's more efficient and an SSD, it should be able to do that for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Like 1080p 30. Like if that's your baseline for this bottom tier, I think most games. Like I have no doubt that you know Hellblade can do that on a lower tier hardware. If like because we're saying lower tier hardware, but the lower tier hardware is still better than the Xbox One X that we have. So it's not like it's some trash. You know, it's a, it's a very capable set of hardware. Right. So I mean, considering that The Witcher 3 can run on a Switch, I think Lockhart can fine. It, I though, think it'll be able can to... it really run on a it Switch? It can. <laughs> the title screen it. maybe. <laughs> I think Lockhart will be just fine. I think the developers, um, you know, they scale to PCs and everything else. Like, I I think it would be just fine over there. All right. So my my thoughts, obviously, I think they should just focus on one unit, get that one unit out the door uh, at 500 bucks. I think that would be their, their case to win the generation, quote unquote. Uh, well, if we run into the same situation we had last time, what if what if the Series X is four ninety nine, and what if the PlayStation Five is three ninety nine? Like that's a big deal. Yeah, they have to have be that. price competitive. If if that's the case, I don't I don't see because it 
the case for launching at $100 more for the Xbox One was because of the Kinect and having the hardware in there, which, you know, presumably they're not going to launch with the Kinect this time, right? Um, and I could see them... I mean, if they price it low enough for that $499 mark, because if PS5 does launch at that, they have comparable hardware on the inside... You know that's your 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 range there, but then if you want the instant upgrade to like the the more powerful unit, then paying the extra hundred at five hundred dollars, that's I think that is the key, right there. Yeah, and, I think that's what they're planning on doing. I think the Lockhart is the three ninety nine box, and I think the Series X will be the four ninety nine box. Like if you were to ask me to place a bet, that'd be my bet. I think the Series X will be four ninety nine. It'll be five hundred dollars, and I think uh, I think that price. I don't think Sony wants to go to that price. I'm not sure if they will or not, um, but I think their history, based on what happened to PlayStation 3, their reaction to PlayStation 4, and, and basically their their market lead right now, mm-hmm. it's probably not even worth trying to risk that idea. You know, you just come in and keep doing what you're doing. So uh, I think that they'll have a, a an option at the exact same price that PlayStation has, and then I think they will have a better option. And I think that's why they're so confident a year before launch saying... We have the most powerful console because I think they know that you know that Sony's probably not going to go to 500. Mm-hmm. So they're they're going to go to 500 because they're going to have a cheaper option. So with that, I, I think I'm okay with it. So that aside, we know for quarter one of 2020, before even the Xbox One S comes. Hang on a second. I'm sorry. What do you think of the name? The Series X. We didn't really X? talk about the name. Yeah, the Xbox Series X. We didn't really talk about it. I mean it. I think it's fine. It doesn't jump out to me as like, ooh, wow. Um, it's fine, but I don't. I'm not in love with the name. You know what I mean? I mean mm-hmm. Xbox Series X. Sure, that's fine. It's got all kinds of fun social media abbreviations going around out there too. But I mean, I I think I just now almost confused Xbox Series X with Xbox One X. You know what I'm saying? So, are you really confused? Do you think that's a real thing? I don't I've, think I've, I've heard. I don't I've think heard nothing but reactions that it's confusing. I don't think and I'm I, confused, but I just misspoke a second ago, and I think I said Xbox One X when I meant to say Xbox Series X, which oh, okay. which I think could be uh, one of those things at the, at the at least beginning of the generation that could be a little bit. I mean, I don't think we're in a, a Wii U versus Wii situation here. Uh, because just the sole form factor of the box is completely different. You know what I mean? Completely different. You can't possibly confuse one for the other. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I do think that the name is fine. Um, I don't don't hate it. I don't love it. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where play, PlayStation Five, right? You go one, two, three, four, five. They mm-hmm. have a pretty basic blah naming convention nintendo switch it took me a little bit to get used to that that's fine and series x i think will be just like that it just you know going from xbox to xbox 360 was kind of a cool thing but from 2019 to 2017 we had the following released the iphone x the iphone x the iphone xr the iphone xs the iphone xs the iphone sx max the iPhone XS Max, like they released the same model, the same name twice in two different years, two different times. People buy those every year. Well, yeah, it's because they know it's the new thing. That's it. It has nothing to do with the name. 
it has everything to do with them wanting to buy the new thing. Nobody goes to the store and goes, I want the iPhone XR. They go to the store and they say, I want the new iPhone. I want the Pro. Yeah, like, the, I want the new iPhone. I want the new one. You're going to go into a store, and I, I, I can, I already hear it, and I just, it bothers me a lot because I feel like it's it's such low-hanging fruit to take these stance that people won't buy it because they'll be too confused at the store. They're just going to, like, you walk in, and you're like, sir, I'd like to buy an Xbox, and they go, which one? The Xbox One X or the Xbox Series X? And in your trepidation on choosing which was the right one, you get flustered and buy a PlayStation instead. <laughs> it's the most tired concept that I've ever heard, to be quite honest. And it's proven. I mean, we release cars with the same name every year. We release all kinds of stuff with the same name every year for quite Frank, this box stands up tall. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even look like any other console. It's, I, I hate the idea. And I, I, again, I just think it's low-hanging fruit. I think people should try harder. What I think it is is people are, they just, they, they associate it with it and they go, oh, well, that's an easy thing to say negative about it. And that's what they run with. I don't understand uh, why this is a constant thing. I know everybody said it during the Wii U, and I get that because the the Wii U box kind of looked like a, the black Wii. Um, and so in that regards, I get it a little easier. But even then, you know, like you walk into the store and I want to get my son a new Xbox. Well, how will grandma find? Grandma <laughs> needs to talk to somebody that knows. Just Go ask to grandma for a gift card. And say. You know, my my grandson wants a new Xbox. Well, here's the new Xbox. Thank you, young man. I'm going to go buy the new Xbox. It's I don't understand. Sometimes I feel like we should. I understand that not everybody is um, an informed consumer. That is not the point I'm trying to make. But at the same time, I feel like we treat folks like um, we treat these mysterious, mythical people that we speak of <laughs> in these analogies like they're the dumbest people alive. It's like, look, I'm not telling you you need to know how many teraflops it has. But I think you're if you walk into a store next November and you go, I'd like the new Xbox, got a feeling you're going to be able to get it. I think there's going to be pictures all over the wall of what it looks like. Like, like I think there's going to be store hangers and end caps with the picture on it. Like, I think you'll be able to get just fine. I don't think this is going to be hard to do. I think if you type in Xbox on Amazon, I think it's going to be the first one that shows up. It's have a big picture. Like, I I don't know. Am I, am, is it crazy? Am I sounding nuts? Are these oh. people out there that they just can't make purchasing decisions? I mean, I'm sure there are those people out there, but I think they're few and far between. You know what I'm saying? That that shouldn't be the rule. And, it, right. and if they are, like we shouldn't we shouldn't be we shouldn't market to that. Right. <laughs> like should, those aren't the people that should be that getting level an of intelligence. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I did want to 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 mention before. Uh, one thing that came out during the Game Awards, too, is, like, they, <clears throat> in the series, I'm sorry, not the series, in Q1 of 2020, this is even before we get to the new next generation of hardware, I don't remember who tweeted it out or what set up, but there is, between January and March, there are four or five first-party titles being released uh, in the Q1 2020, so even without the new console being released... Xbox has already got four or five exclusives uh, in their lineup ready to shoot in the first quarter of 2020. 2020 is going to be a crazy we've year. been waiting on a couple of those for a long time. We have. One but they of are which finally is, coming. Yes. You know, Ori. Ori. Ori is a game that you've been touting for a long time that you are... You're I beat it on waiting, Switch, by the way. You're waiting to play. And you didn't beat it on Xbox, did you? 
I didn't beat it on Xbox. Nope. I did beat it on Switch. I finally sat down and, and I finished it off. It took me about a week and a half. It's still a great game. Um, very much looking forward to playing the second one. And uh, it's now coming out, was it March? March 11th instead March of 11th. February 11th. So it got a delay for about a month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I mean, we've waited this long for it. Might as well keep waiting. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to, that's the, I guess the, that's the power of Game Pass. Right. You know, you don't feel so bad because you're not, you're not coming out of $60 every time they release one. So they come as, and I was actually wondering about that last week when I was driving to work. Like, I wonder how much they might be spacing out titles because of Game Pass. Like, I wonder how that might be changing the way that they're thinking of calendars. Instead of thinking of, we have to launch a game, we have to launch one of our exclusive games in a prime shopping window. Mm-hmm. They're probably taking the approach, we need to space these out so every three, four months, like, our subscribers are getting new content. We're not letting them go for too long without a marquee release. Um, that probably makes a little bit more sense to me than than making sure that they get in, you know, in a January or in a Black Friday window or something right. like that, right? Right. And the reason why I wanted to mention that they have these new games coming out before the new hardware is because... Um, they have promised for the Series X that it will be a, a legacy box, meaning oh yeah, all the way from Xbox you know, 360 mm-hmm. and Xbox One uh, will work all those games across your, uh, your library. So if yep. you purchase Ori on Xbox One, you theoretically will be able to play it. I don't know if there's going to be any delays or anything in that, but you'll be able to play it on your Xbox Series X. So they're basically telling you that you can buy these games now without worry of not being able to play them when the new hotness comes out, right? And they, It's just going to be like Steam. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All of this stuff. Yeah, it's just going to be like Steam. You're just going to plug in your account to your new box, and here's your library. And keep going. Like, download your new stuff and keep playing. Now, my, my there's an interesting point in this article here. So this is from news.xbox.com. I want to read this uh, sentence and get your thought. Uh, a couple sentences. So, building on our compatibility promise with Xbox Series X, we're also investing in consumer-friendly pathways to game ownership across generations, leading the way with our first-party titles, including Halo Infinite in 2020. We're committed to ensuring that games from your from Xbox Game Studios support cross-generation entitlements and that your achievements and game saves will be shared across devices. So, I want to take one word out of this, entitlements, uh, and discuss that real quick. So, from what I'm understanding here, my read on this is Halo Infinite, right? You'll buy Halo Infinite. You may have it on Xbox One because you don't have the Series X yet. You buy the entitlement of that game, but when you buy the Xbox Series X, you have a version that is compatible for Series X that gives you a higher fidelity. You don't have to rebuy it for a new console. Is that your take? Because right. that's my take. Yeah, that's my take. I know there's there's been a lot of conversation on whether or not these next-gen boxes are going to charge us some sort of upgrade fees. Like if, if uh, The Witcher 3, for example, gets like some sort of texture pack, they're going to sell that. Witcher 3 on the next CDPR gen won't platform. do that. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I was just pulling it up because I know you're a fan. I'm just... <laughs> I, but, but I could see using it as an example. I could see uh, EA doing something like that. <laughs> and it's interesting because you have to think that with this new, this new level of power, that uh, there's going to be a lot of great games like GTA Five, for example. You take that one. Like that's a huge game. People play it all the time. RDR Two. Just pick one. Pick one of these games, Apex, that everybody can do. It's going to take a lot of work 
to get all of the textures and, and all of that for next gen. Like somebody's going to have, the, the, you don't just get to snap your fingers and do that. It's going to take work. So the question is, do they charge for that work? Or do they just include it in the price of the game? Third parties may, but first parties I don't think will. And I don't think you can do this like with Game Pass at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't do any sort of, well, you can play Halo Infinite at 1080p on Game Pass, but if you want the 4K version, you've got to pay us. You can't do that. Like, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you that if we buy the game, if we own the game and it plays on Xbox One X, that you can expect to play the game in its best version that it can um, on Series X. And that would be my expectation as a customer. And I, I've heard a lot of podcasts for the last year talk about how game developers and publishers are trying to monetize upgrades and texture upgrades. And uh, it's it's pretty, I don't know, scary, telling? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because I, uh, I understand that it takes work and I, I appreciate the developers working, but I, I'm not willing to pay extra for that unless like they just upped. At that point, I'd just rather you up the price of the game then. Mm-hmm. The game just costs more. You know, but then then you run into the risk of like, well, if the game is seventy dollars on Series X, but it's sixty dollars on Xbox One X, well, I'll buy it on there and then I'll play it over here. Like you can't do that either. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you, I don't know, I don't really don't know. There's a lot of. At the end of the day, I feel like this is just speculation. I think people are just you know going crazy with next gen ideas. Um, I think it would be a huge change in the market. You know, that's like one of those. You got to have an internet connection. You got to check in every day. Like, that's a big deal. That's a big deal to a lot of customers. A lot of customers that aren't represented on Twitter and podcasting, right? Like, that's mass mm-hmm. market stuff. I don't think you, I don't think you want to do any of that. And I, and I, I mean, I, I would encourage Xbox not to go down any path like that at all. Like, you, you finally turn the ship. Like, don't, don't, don't go that way. Don't, don't give them a reason. Um, so I, I think it's kind of much ado about nothing. I, I think it'll. I think it's it's just like today. I think you'll you'll buy the game, it'll play on Xbox One X. You'll play it on Series X as good as it can be, and uh, and that'll be it. It'll just cross gen. You'll be able to kind of hop between, you know, all of your different hardware. Mm-hmm. And just so I'm clear, like, you know, at the beginning of the Xbox One generation, we had like Assassin's Creed Black Flag mm-hmm. that was released on 360, and that was also released on Xbox One. My my take or my reading of this is going to be that you just buy Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It's not going to have a defining console. You just buy the title, and it'll play either on the Xbox yeah. One or the th- oh, Series X. Like Steam, exactly. like Steam. Exactly. Doesn't matter like what platform it's on. You just download the game and run it as good as your hardware can run it. So no more of these definitive editions, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. And if they start re-releasing games, it'd be very interesting to see how they how they sell because remasters have been like huge like very popular this generation mm-hmm. you know and and it's i'm okay with remastering either like it's weird right because it's a sliding scale you can feel you feel like a hypocrite if you take a defining stance because i love remastering an old game that's not available on new gen like totally fine with that i'm okay with remastering or re-releasing a game that came out late last gen that not everybody on the new gen has so you Mm -hmm. do that and that's okay but if you just pick the same game that that we already have you remaster and sell it again and that's the only way to play it that's bad like that's when that's when nobody that's when nobody's happy Mm -hmm. all right so we've talked a little bit about the xbox series x the controller some of the releases and some of the methodology going forward uh what else did you want to talk about for this episode good sir 
That's it, man. Yeah, I, I think that was the when I was there to ping you. I mean, this is we have new consoles. This mm-hmm. is awesome. It's fun to podcast. Um, I love buying new hardware. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun. So uh, I just wanted to get some thoughts down. I mean, we can talk about uh, games we've been playing, but um, really, that's it. So as far as games I've been playing, it's 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 a broken record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Apex. Nobody wants to hear me talk about Apex. It's okay. State of the Apex Empire. State podcast. of the Apex. Empire. Uh, I need the Apex or the Xbox Series. You, you Apex. know, you played. You played Star Wars. You you beat the whole game. What are you yeah, talking about? Didn't we talk about that last time, though. Did we? I don't remember. I don't remember. I know so we I, talked about Star Wars last time, but I, I didn't play. And I have I have one K uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Really good game. Wow. I like it. I think it should have been represented in some way at the Game Awards. Uh, it definitely should have won for score as far as like the audio score because the audio score is fantastic in that game. Sayonara, Wild Hearts, man. <sighs> you cannot tell me that Sayonara, Wild Hearts has a better musical score. Then Jedi Fallen Order, which was composed, which was composed by two world class composers, that was recorded by the London Symphony Orchestra in Abbey Road Studios. It I mean, is a where beautiful it was recorded score. has nothing to do with whether or not the sound is, is good a, or not. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm glad you really really like it. Uh, it was really good, but I did I did enjoy that game a lot. Um, I hope that they actually give us some more content to it because, you know, once you kind of 1K a game, you kind of are ready to move on uh, to something different, which is kind of sad because I loved my experience. I loved all my time with Jedi Fallen Order. Um, It would be kind of cool just to have some expansions, like put another world in there to go explore. Um, I would gladly pay EA 20 bucks or whatever to go get another world to explore. Um, But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was a fantastic game. It was one of my, it is one of my top five games for 2019. Wow, well, okay, that's that's good. I I've, I have not played it as much as you. I've I've sunk a couple few hours into it now, um, and it is good. I, I agree with you. It's a triple A game. It's what you expect it to be, um, but I, I don't share the same the same affinity for it that you do. I don't think I have been playing. Uh, I played Reach. We beat Reach. I played it with Sean Capri. Fantastic from... game. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it is my favorite Halo game. I can say that. I can easily say that you were spot on. It is uh, in terms of campaign. And at first I was a little, I was a little hesitant to say that because I didn't know if it was because I was playing with friends. Hmm. I was like, is this, am I just having a lot of fun playing it? Or do I actually think that this is my favorite Halo campaign? And um, maybe three quarters in, I was like, no, this is my favorite Halo campaign. And then at the end, I was like, this is absolutely my favorite Halo campaign. It's got really compelling characters. Like the the character development that game is fantastic. And the whole like final stand and everything, mm. oh, it's super fun. It's that super last cool. mission is and, so good. Yeah, and it's just big action movie stuff. And it was made better playing with friends, um, for sure. But having played, I've so I've done what now? I've done Halo one, two, three, and I've I've played a little bit of five, and then I beat Reach. So I've never played ODST. ODST I is really good up, too. I booted up four, and I wasn't really feeling it. I think that was was because I was kind of like marathoning halo mm-hmm. like by the time i got to four i was like i'm just i'm done i don't want to play this anymore um but reach was great and I, I i will say i think it's and i think this might be misplaced i don't want to get my my hopes up because i i wouldn't consider myself you know, like a halo fan right mm-hmm. so but having played reach i was like man i really hope that infinite is like this or, or you know is a bit like this is kind of the level that i want to but like that's unfair because uh, Reach is, is Bungie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's Destiny developers. And then that was you know, the like, last inf- one. 
Right. So Infinite's going to be a completely different thing. But I'm happy that I played Reach before Infinite came out because I think I'll be more excited to at least give Infinite a try now than I would have been previously. Donnie, please try ODST. I think you will really like ODST as well. Maybe not as is much as Is it in the Reach. Master Chief collection? It is. And if you have Game Pass, okay. you have it already. Um, cool. If you don't have Game Pass, it's like five bucks to add on to it. But oh, I got you. It is in that little selector screen. You can go Halo 3, ODST, and just play away. The Have you played Reach? I've played the first mission or two in the oh, in So the you've set. seen that, like, the Master Chief collection essentially just got, like, re-released. Mm-hmm. It's completely remade. Oh, yeah. The menus, the OS, like, all of it's completely done over. It looks I had to really re-download good. everything, and it mm-hmm. does look fantastic. I agree with you there. It looks amazing. Uh, we booted up. Um, we had a lot of issues getting off the ground because I came home. I had set up to, to to download away, and I got home, and it wasn't finished downloading. I was like, why does it take 70 gigabytes to download? And it was re-downloading all of it, like the entire thing. Um, but it, it is fantastic. It looks great. But I'm sorry to interrupt you. Continue no, with that's ODST. fine. I would just... Since you enjoyed the Halo Reach's story, the story of ODST is also really good. You don't play as a Spartan. Okay. At all. Like, you are are in ODST. Um, so it's it's got some really good character development in that as well. So I think that kind of leading from what you've told me about your enjoyment with Reach, I think you'll also really enjoy ODST. So One of the cool things shot. with Reach was was the like the tone like mm-hmm. the environments and the setting are like completely different right it felt very i wasn't even telling like we were um we were riding like doom buggies like through like this uh grass field stuff i was like that feels like jurassic park game mm-hmm. like i'm almost expecting like dinosaurs to pop out of like the forest <laughs> or pterodactyls to come flying down for some point you know it's a, it's a completely different feel um which i really enjoyed i think of that it was almost like it was almost horror-esque Right. There were times you were like going through buildings where people are just dead and stuff and they're like hung up on the walls. And I was like, wait a minute, what game are we playing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure this is dead space. Like yeah. it's just a little different. So um, I like that. I like that about it. Yeah. But definitely at least try ODST. I think you will find enjoyment there as well. Um, speaking of finding enjoyment, is there anything on the horizon that you're looking forward to aside from Ori uh, coming up on the Xbox? Ooh, I'm trying. I've been trying uh, to be honest with you. I've had my head down for so many weeks trying to clear things up to get off the ground. Um, so like Star Wars, I finally got to Star Wars, and I and like I mean I finally got into Star Wars. Where like when it came out, like I tried to play it, but then I was playing so many other things, juggling so many things, I just put it on the shelf. Now I'm here to play Star Wars. So I, I officially started that last night. Here to play Star Wars to beat Star Wars. Um, so I'll be doing that before I can get back to Darksiders. So I got to do that too. I'm playing Darksiders over on Stadia. Um, so that'll be what I'm doing after Star Wars. So I think that's just. That's kind of where my head is right now. I got Star Wars and the Darksiders. I really don't know what's coming out after that. <laughs> like, I don't know what I've already purchased from Best Buy mm-hmm. when my GCU expired and all that. I mean, I think coming up for 2020, if you will, especially like the first half, I'm very, very, very excited to play Dying Light 2. I have no idea if it's going to – I expect it to be delayed until next gen. Um, until like I, I think until I have that game in my hand. I will continue to be expecting to wake up and hear that the game is being delayed. Um, so I'll be definitely doing Dying Light 2 and then um, uh, Cyberpunk. I've got that one. I'll be playing that one, and I want that one on the X and all Cyber- the Ks and all that good stuff. Yeah, Cyberpunk will be a good one for sure. Um, yeah. That's probably on, on my radar is, you know, for the next game coming out, I think that's the only game that I have pre-ordered at this moment is the Cyberpunk game. 
Um, mm. So for me, I'm just kind of going back and playing some old games. In fact, I actually played some Detroit Become Human on the other system mm. uh, recently. It's a great game. So uh, I'm, it's like I was talking to somebody at work about it, and I kind of described it as the best version of a Telltale game. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's spot on. It's fantastic as far as like the choices and things. So um, mm-hmm. really uh, did enjoy my playing with that. So I'm going to hopefully finish that before too long. I do. Before year's end, Donnie. Before year's end, I would love to be able to get back into Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and get a little bit Great farther. Game. I've only I've only beaten one Divine Beast, the one that looks like a giraffe. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, beat another Divine Beast, maybe move on way towards the Master's Sword. I, I do think that I would like to at least get that game under my belt at some point, um, because, you know, <laughs> we're halfway through the generation now, I think, on the Switch, and I've had this game since day one. Uh, but I do want to play more of that before the end of the year comes out, so that's kind of on my list as well, on the high list. Uh, and then Gears, obviously, I need to get to Gears 5 and a lot of the Gears other ones. Gears Tactics. Tactics is coming out soon, too. Game Awards. Yeah. yeah, and that looked fantastic. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Still got to play it in the PC. Um, that is a game I will definitely play in the PC. I will whip out the keyboard and mouse and play it and have a blast. I don't believe it's coming to Xbox yet, if at all. Right. So definitely that is a tactics game, so it wants the mouse and keyboard. They said, or because... <sighs> In the in the in the trailer in the announcement, um, I was reading the Xbox Wire when it like right after it came out. Uh, it's all PC, right? Mm-hmm. And I posted in our Discord, and Kyle sent me um, a blog post from two years ago where they confirmed that it was coming to Xbox. And yeah, so I, I, my my belief is that we won't be able to play Gears Tactics at launch on Xbox. I think it's just going to be on the PC. I think they're they're building this game for PC players first, and maybe it'll come down later. But we'll yeah. see. Maybe it pops the same day. Um, but at this point, I'm I'm expecting to play it on my on my PC. But very very excited for that one. Then of course Ori, you know March. It's the day after my birthday. Um, I'll definitely sit down and give that one a go and have have an enjoyable weekend with that one. Um, and also, since we last talked, there they released uh, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition on Xbox Game Pass for PC. So downloaded you, it. Yep. If you wanted to get back and get in the saddle again i did do like one game on that and so i i do i like that that game just rts is really the only thing i ever played on my pc before and that was one of the ones i played back in the day but seeing it up with the new textures and everything it looks really really good if you were a fan of uh, age of empires back in the day i really love that that the app like the beta app like that's it's very enjoyable i like going in and just having all these games uh, i've never been one to like to just want to sit here and play games on my pc and I, I didn't grow up that way i don't know it's I don't know. It's just like a mental thing. It's just a weird thing. I don't do it. Mm-hmm. I tried one point in my life to, to to adopt the PC platform, and it's like I don't know. I have no will to sit down and play a game that way, except for like Sims Golf or RTS games or like things that are only playable on PC. So, but I really like the Xbox beta app that I, that we have with the Game Pass li- the titles and all that. I'd much rather use that than than Steam. Um, so, uh, I have downloaded a few games. I downloaded CrossCode. That's been on my indie list for a long time. I just haven't had time to play it. But I downloaded CrossCode and Age of Empires because I was watching Carrot Bland play it, and it looks awesome. It looked really, really good. And I know it caught Jack's attention. Yeah. Jack really liked it too. So, I downloaded it, and um, we just haven't got there yet. I haven't found a law. I haven't found a window. I've just been going from game to game to game to game to game. Um, I was looking over my my thing. I, I'm still playing Ukulele in the Impossible Layer. Ukulele. You should get that game. It's good. Ukulele, it's it's two D two D side scrolling game, not not the three D thing that came out, not that one. The, the I, don't 2D one. I don't know if I'm good for ukulele games. I tried, 
Yeah, I tried the ukulele, the 3D platformer game on yeah, Xbox. Yeah, that's the that, problem. You tried it. You shouldn't have. You should have just played this one. <laughs> I'm telling you, this one's better than that one. I also I bought that Arise game mm-hmm. that we saw. Um, that was in PlayStation State of Play a while back. I think The Last of Us one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came on Xbox, too, and it was very, like, Journey-esque in, in the trailer and everything. I played that. That was I got through this. Uh, I don't know if it was or not. I, I I pre-ordered it, so I bought it before it came. It was only twenty dollars. Um, I, I I played I think through like the second chapter. That is, it's okay. It's just okay. It was really pretty looking. Um, it's definitely like you. It's apparent that they're trying to to journey, or like they're trying to be like journey. But it's the gameplay is not as smooth, in my opinion, especially like the cinematic production. And I mean, it makes sense. Journey was, um, you know, funded by PlayStation, held to that standard. It's very much an indie team. Um, so I don't want to be too hard on it. I enjoyed it. They has, you know, moments where it tries to give you feels and stuff like that. But right. it has, like, a time mechanic that, that alters the world. So, like, you raise and lower things. I just, I don't know. It's just, like, jump around kind of ride. It just, I don't know, got a little samey after a couple hours, and I, I quit playing it. I don't know if I'll go back to it or not. But it's real pretty. I did enjoy it. It's, uh, visually, it's pretty nice. Okay. Good to see that. I yeah. I thought that that game was part of Game Pass, but of course, coming out on Game Pass uh, very soon, if it's not already, is the Untitled Goose Game. Yes, I uh, Bonk. <laughs> I am very excited to at least just like mess around with this game to see what it's all about. Well, um, but um, that's that's really the only thing that's new, quote unquote, that I'm looking forward to playing this year. Um, Goose Game is better as a meme on social media than it is the game, game itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it is still funny. It's still funny just to do mean things as a goose. Like, just if you ever wanted to have that simulator, it's fun. I just don't know. I wasn't, like, enthralled and engrossed with, like, trying to complete all the checklists and everything. I got through, like, the first um, – there's not, like, worlds or missions, but you go through, like, blocks. So, like, you're in, like, the, the garden area, and then you go into, like, the town area. And so I got through a few of them, and then I was like, okay, I get it. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I'm done. <laughs> like, I laid it down. It's not like – I wasn't like, oh, my God, I've got to beat this game. I, it didn't grab me like that. But, you know – my wife and daughter freaking love that game, Nathan. Yeah. Because to them, just walking and honking at people is like, that's the game. Like, they're not worried about beating it or completing it. They don't care. They just think it's funny to go steal stuff, throw it in the water, <laughs> splash people with things, take kids' toys. They just think that's funny to be a mean, uh, malevolent duck well, or goose. Whatever, whatever works for them, right? I mean, if they're having fun, they're having fun. Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, I did want to ask you one more question before we go that just popped into my head. So you, sir, I have, have one more for you then. Oh, you have both Stadia and you have xCloud. I do. So I'm both. wondering if you have any more, you know, comparison thoughts between the two, what you've seen so far. Um, if you have any, you know, any revelations since last time we talked. Um, no, no. To answer your question in short, no, I don't. I, I, I got my new Chromebook slate, my Pixel slate tablet. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome because it runs XCloud natively, um, or it's built more off of like. So the XCloud isn't isn't uh, Xbox game streaming. The app isn't available for my Pixelbook. Um, I think because it sees it very much as like a laptop, mm-hmm. like on the. So Google categorizes all their stuff, even though it runs the same OS and can run apps and everything. Like this is a laptop. That's a tablet. Tablets are mobile devices, so it gets mobile stuff faster. Um, the Google Slate has it, so I definitely pulled out the Slate, um, hooked up to it, and played it. Um, no, my impressions that uh, we did a big old comparison on the Google Stadia show, right. our last one, 
my comparisons haven't changed from there. I think xCloud is uh, really, really good. I think visually, I think it's better. Um, I think of this, like the the screens and the visual fidelity that I get, I think you're just they just look better than what I see on Stadia. And I, I know it may not be an app comparison because I'm playing Stadia mostly on TVs, and then I'm playing, you know, xCloud's only available and Android devices on mobile. Um, but I, I definitely do, especially at least phone-to-phone, tablet-to-tablet comparison. It looks great. It just doesn't... It's not quite there on the on the latency. It's just not. It's not the same. It's just a little off. It's not like unplayable. It's not bad. It's just a little off. And uh, the the comparison I gave to it is, you, it's it's so close that I think if you just played XCloud and you didn't play Stadia, I think you'd get used to it. And I don't mm. think you'd even notice it um, because it it's it's close. They're real close, but. Um, and I don't want to sound like I'm overhyping it, but Nathan, when you play Stadia on the Chromecast using the Stadia controller, at times it's like one-to-one. Like, mm. you can't tell. I'm sitting there playing. I'm like, I have no idea. And I've given to other people and not told them what it is, and they can't tell either. Like, you just don't know. Yeah, whereas xCloud, even the best experience I had, it still felt like I was playing a game that was being streamed, even if it was good. Right. So I think certain games, uh, the example that I mentioned, I think Madden, for example, is awesome in xCloud. And that's the game that I play most, Madden and WWE, because they're super fun to play on my tablet, like on the go, spin up, play a quarter of football, you know, like just mess around. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on Madden, if you think about it, like your moment to moment gameplay, you know, it's like in menus, you're picking the play, you're, you're checking out the huddle, you know, like it's not a constant movement. Whereas I tried to play Forza. Uh-huh. Playing Forza over xCloud is not enjoyable. I, I can't I, I can't imagine if someone like you has played a lot, a lot of Forza more than I have, that I can't imagine unless it just ran terribly for me that you have found a better experience. Because I played Forza, I think, for about 15 minutes. And I was like, I never want to play this game this way. Really? Because it because because if you're a little off in Forza, yeah. you're talking about the difference between you careening off the road. <laughs> you know, if you're going really, really fast trying to take a corner, like that feel, that tactile feel, and like that, just that feather of, of the stick, that means everything. That's whether or not you're getting the corner or not. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting the corner when you feel like you should, or if it's overcorrecting and you're going careening off, like that was borderline unplayable for me. And it, it's, not because, it's not because the game didn't run well at all. From what I say, it looked fantastic. It looked great. It looked like Forza. It just wasn't, um, it didn't feel like Forza when I was playing at home. I felt like I was terrible at Forza all of a sudden. I was like, wait a minute. I <laughs> like, beat I've this game. This like, before. I, like, I, I know how to play Forza. You're like Anakin, um, so, and, you know, in, in episode three, he gets caught by the radio show. Wait a minute. We're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Forza, my question to you is oh, Have you played Forza Battle Royale? I have not yet, actually. Oh. Um, have you? I didn't even know if it was out no. yet. No, I don't even know if it's out yet either. I, I must say, I, I like I said, I've had my head down um, playing all these indies and stuff and wrapping up, up Star Wars. So, But when it came out, I, I instantly thought of you and Mo, and I, I didn't know if you guys would get lost into something like that. I've never done like PvP races in Forza. That's not really what I play Forza for. Obviously, I'm probably not good enough to play it that way either. Um, so the idea of it didn't necessarily catch me, but I did think it was really, really cool. I was listening to Sean talk about it on the Xbox Drive, and it is a really neat concept. I gotta admit, when all the Battle Royale craze happened, we had Battle Royale Tetris and Battle Royale Shooters and Battle Royale, you know, Melee Fighters, I never thought of a Battle Royale racer. Mm-hmm. And that sounds awesome. Um, to be honest with you, I know this has nothing to do with Forza, and I apologize, but I kind of want Battle Royale Twisted Metal. That sounds amazing. Or... 
Battle Royale Mario Kart, like battle mode. <laughs> like, yeah. I want that too. Like either one of those things sound incredible to me. Um, I would love that. I would love, you know, smash them up, shoot shells, blow up stuff, Battle Royale Kart Racer. That would be fantastic. Uh, it did launch, by the way, on Friday the 13th of December. Yeah, that makes sense. That's called Eliminator. 72 players uh, can fight to be the, the number one remaining car. So, like, do you all line up in one continuous race or do you get like just put in a shared world it looks like constantly a going? shared world where if you come across somebody else you do like a head-to-head race and then whoever doesn't win gets eliminated and you know you're still avoiding the last uh or the the ring as it closes in on you the dome mm-hmm. yeah so That's yeah cool. I, I do need to get out and check that out actually so thank you for reminding me about that i'll probably try to check that out mm-hmm. either today or tomorrow um but that is all donnie that i had to discuss on this episode we've had a lot of news as far as the Xbox Series X, I do uh, plan on adding to the end of this episode a little review uh, of a little product that I have. So feel free to listen on after Donnie and I sign off. We'll have a little review put at the end here. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anything else, Donnie? Cool. No, man, we'll see you in a new year, listeners. It's going to be a new exciting year for Xbox. New exciting year for Xbox and for PSVG at the house party and all this other fan stuff we got going on. I know it's going to be a, a good... 2020 is going to be a good year. It's good. I can feel it. What a year to have the house party. New consoles, launches, new games, mm-hmm. and announce all that. Like, E3 is going to be huge. You need Can't to get wait. a hold of somebody at Xbox and say, hey, we're having a big old thing over during E3. We're calling it E3 Central. Just send us an Xbox One X, uh, Series X send that we can play. <laughs> <laughs> get, get some demos to our, our people over here. Oh, man. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you again for listening. Uh, The show is not over. You know, if you want to stick around for a few more minutes uh, and listen to me yammer on about uh, a headset, feel free. But other than that, we thank you for listening this week, this month, rather, and this year. You know, because we're closing out 2019. And I guess we're closing out the decade, uh, 2009 through 2019. Because I guess zero zero is the new year, and ten is a zero, and twenty is a zero. So anyway, <laughs> timely you mentioned that next week I'm going. Um, I'm going to do a little podcast with the board of video games crew. We're talking about our favorite games of the decade. Ooh, have a little little retrospective. That is that is a tough discussion. There's been a lot of great games this year, this decade rather. I, I mean, um, I'm sure I'm regurgitated all, but the first thing I said to Kyle when I sat down to try and make a list is, I we're only supposed to do ten. Hmm. And I immediately ran off like 40 or 50 candidates, like instantly. It was very deep. And I was like, because um, it's 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 one of these things where I'm I'm really happy we're doing favorites and not like the definitive or quintessential or Critic anything like darling, that. Yeah. Right. Because like if we were doing those, I mean, I feel capable of doing those lists. I just wouldn't have any passion or like care into it because all of the games that I would recommend for like defining the generation are games I don't play hmm. is like. Apex and Fortnite and Minecraft and like all these types of games. Like I would throw all those in there. Like The Witcher Three. Like there's a lot of games this generation I think are, are defining standouts, um, but they're not necessarily my favorites. But at the same time, man, I ran 40, 50 deep, and it's interesting because I can give you a quick like four. I think most people listen to our podcast know, but then the question is like, how do I pick out the other six? And how do I choose these six over any other six because I like them all so much? It's it's very somewhat nerve wracking. Yeah. So, so look tough. forward to board with video games with uh, their top ten of the decade, or was that board yeah. with everything? I don't know. 
<laughs> the board with genre. <laughs> I think it's board with video games. I think it's, yeah, because this week they're doing board games. Next week we're going to do video games. Okay. Very good. All right. Again, thank you for listening. And the state of the Xbox has never been stronger. Welcome back, Imperials, to the State of the Xbox Empire, and we're going to do a review, or a little little findings, my my thoughts on the LS1X. It's a chat headset uh, from Lucid Sound that they were uh, very kind to provide for us to discuss for you fine listening audience. Now, this is a headset that is designed for those who just need chat functionality in games. Uh, it can also be used on phones, um, but if you wanted to plug it into your Xbox controller and just start working on uh, playing the Destinies and the, the Halos and the Apexes, uh, just the chat function only, this is your tool to use. So for me, what I've been using recently before I got this has been the Plantronics rigs, the Dolby Atmos headset that I've talked about a lot of times, the wireless units. And... So that provides me both the audio for the game as well as the chat audio in one. So this was a little bit different. So I had the game audio on coming through my uh, Dolby Atmos home theater system uh, and was able to get the the thumping of the subwoofer, which is kind of nice. So I was able to use the headset for just the chat functionality only. Now, the quality of the, the call, according to my brethren in the Apex Legend world uh, said that it sounded fine, said that I sounded crystal clear and I was coming through just like uh, my other headsets were. So as far as the call quality goes or the voice quality, it sounds like it is a a knockout of the park. It's just going to work just like you would expect. Um, And again, the nice thing about this is that it uses the, it doesn't use USB. It uses the little 3.5 or is it 2.5? I believe it's 3.5 jack that is in the bottom of the controllers. And that also allows you to plug it into your mobile phone if you still have a headphone jack. Uh, so you can use it for phone calls on there as well. Um, this is basic unit. It's nothing. It's no frills, which is great for me. Um, it is. It does the job that it's supposed to do. Now, you have to assemble it a little bit out of the box when it comes out. There's um, the the band that goes over your head is separate from the actual cup of the the earpiece, which is fine by me because it was able to minimize their their packaging, which is good for the environment, so good for me. And you just plug it right in there and you're good to go. You set it to the size of your head and you put it on. Now, when you put it on, it actually does feel comfortable. When I was looking at it, I'll be honest, I was like, oh, this is not going to feel comfortable. But after you put it on there, make sure you have it to the right size. And for me, it was all the way the biggest size it could go. Uh, it, It felt good like the cushion of the ear which it's it's only on the left ear which kind of is weird because i usually use my right ear for everything because i'm right-handed and i think that's probably why my mind thinks it should be on the right side but this one is on the left and it's fine uh it cups the right ear and it's really comfortable it reminds me of my uh my studio quality headphones that i use for podcasting and recording so the actual quality of those is, is nice and the, my ear didn't get hot uh, which you might think sometimes when you're using those type of headphones that they would get hot and warm. Uh, but my ear stayed 
comfortable. It didn't get excessively one way or another. Uh, the audio came through just fine so I could listen and talk to my teammates. And as I said before, you could talk to them easily as well. The other thing that's nice about this is that it has the boom. The boom mic is fully articulated uh, and it's able to be adjusted really well. It's a, it's a little snake uh, adjuster so you can take it out and put it as far away from your mouth as you want it. Or if you want to be a close talker and talk really close all the time, you could put it right up to your mouth and listen to that as well. So I'm going to actually record a little bit now from the headset itself. So I will be, I'm on my, my Yeti Pro right now talking to you. So I'm actually going to plug in the, uh, the Lucid Sound LSX1 to my computer here and record a little bit so you can hear a little bit about what it's going to sound like. Now remember, I'm talking to you right now on a a really expensive compressor microphone, so the the quality is going to be a little different. But remember, this is for gaming, this is for chatting, this is what you want to, to be able to hear when you're talking to people online. So here is a actual video, sorry, not video, voice clip uh, of what that sounds like. Okay, so here we are now talking on the actual LSX-1 uh, recording to the computer itself directly. So this way you can at least kind of tell a little bit about what it sounds like, um, you know, because it's, it's difficult to really uh, gauge that piece from, from any reviewer. But I feel like from this, you'll be able to kind of understand what you'll sound like from the voice. Now remember, this is coming from your a basic chat headset. It's not using a condenser microphone like you were listening to me in a moment ago. This will just be what you need when you're playing on Apex, Apex Legends trying to get that win. So... Again, I think that this is a very comfortable uh, chat headset. If you're just looking for chat headset functionality and you're not looking for uh, wireless and you're not looking for uh, the, the full suite where you get both the game audio and the other uh, chat audio, this would be a really good selection for, for you to choose. Now, a couple more uh, details on this microphone is on the left side on the cup, you can change your volume by just turning on the uh, the little circle there, and you can mute your mic really easily by tapping on the, the LS logo on the side. So basically a big button on the side of your cup, and then the volume control to turn it left or right there. So that's it. That's really all you need to know about this headphones, uh, this headset rather. Uh, again, this is the LSX1, really comfortable headset. Uh, if you're just looking for a chat functionality with, with something with a, a nice boom mic that you can uh, change and move around. Again, this is far out from my face now, and now this is like right up in my face. This is like really loud. So if you want this to be uh, comfortable, flexible, just chat and plug it into your controller on, and on your Xbox and go, uh, this would be a fantastic unit to get. So um, that's basically what I wanted to talk about about this little guy. You can find this guy on Amazon. You can find it on your favorite stores that you go to. Uh, if you're looking for just a chat headset, I would say this is a good one to get. Um, a wired chat headset. It's good. It's good stuff. And again, you might look at, look at this and think that it's not going to be comfortable, that that big thing is going to feel bad or something on your ear, but it really doesn't. It really feels pretty comfortable. Like I could wear this for a long gaming session. So anyway, that's 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 me. That's it uh, for the LSX one. So I'm gonna switch back over to my my Yeti now and sign off properly. <laughs>
Okay, Imperials. So that's going to do it for this episode of the State of the Xbox Empire and for our review of the LS1X chat headset, which, by the way, I neglected to mention that when you have it on mute, there's a little light on the, uh, on the boom that you can see that will visually indicate to you that your mic is on mute. So that's actually pretty, <laughs> pretty nice because I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of times where I accidentally put myself on mute and then I forget to take myself off and I'm trying to talk to my team and it's just not happening and then I realize, oh, I was muted that whole time. So there is a little LED light on the end of the boom mic that you can visually see when you're on mute when you tap your headset. So that is a cool thing as well. And this does use a noise-canceling boom microphone. So again, this is um, a great unit. I think if you guys wanted to check out just only a, uh, a chat headset, you can't go wrong with this guy. So, ladies and gentlemen, Imperials alike... This has been episode 21 of the State of the Xbox Empire. Can you believe it? Already 21 years old. We can legally drink now. Um, so I am going to sign off officially this time. Thank you again for listening. And the State of the Xbox Empire has never been stronger. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content. <laughs>